Hi, friends, and welcome to another Robcast. I'm in uh, Minneapolis today doing uh, the How to Be Here experience at a club called Mill City Nights. And uh, I wanted to tell you about a film that's coming out this weekend. The film is called Last Days in the Desert. And the, it was written and directed by Rodrigo Garcia. And in the film, Ewan McGregor plays Jesus. And I saw the film a couple weeks ago. It's so good. It's like this meditation experience film. Uh, it's, oh my word, you have to see it. Seriously, you have to see it. And it's showing, it's, it's um, in limited release this weekend in various cities. And if it does well, then it will be released into more cities. So the reason why we're putting this Robcast up today is that uh, you should seriously go see it because it's a great film, and if those of you in cities where it's playing go see it, then it'll play in more cities. That's how that works. So let's do this, peoples. Um, but I, uh, Thursday night in Santa Monica, got a chance to talk with Ewan and Rodrigo about the film, um, because when I saw it, I loved it, and I was like caught up in it, but I also had all these questions, and I got to ask them questions, and of course we recorded it, because I wanted you all to listen in. So here is me talking with uh, Ewan McGregor and Rodrigo Garcia about their film, Last Days in the Desert. Enjoy, my friends. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Rob, another Rob cast. I'm here with Ewan McGregor and Rodrigo Garcia. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having us. We're upstairs in a room next to a theater somewhere in Santa Monica. The glamour glamour of Hollywood, (laughs) right here, right now. This is how it works. We've got a neon sign outside, though. It's a little sort of Hollywood. And um, we have a monk portrait and a Jonah the Three, which implies there's a Jonah one and two. Right. Apparently. So I'm just describing the artwork and the ambience, I'm sure. Don't forget the harmony. One over there. Hermanus. This is quite interesting. Husman. Husman. Okay, so um, Ewan and uh, Rodrigo are here because they have a new film that comes out majorly tomorrow. Mm-hmm. This film is ridiculously good. Thank you. Has everybody been telling you this? Uh, yeah, I mean, more, 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 more people have than, than I would have dared to hope. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's... I'm trying to uh, listen to it and forget it right away. Is that bad? <laughs> no, it's nice. It's not. It's no surprise. It's a. It's an extraordinary movie. You've made an yes. extraordinary movie. So yes. It's um, it's it's got a good feeling about it. It had one when we made it. It had one when you wrote it. And uh, yeah. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you feel that about a movie. Very rarely, actually, you feel that about a movie where you yeah. where you yeah, feel yeah. like we're onto a really really good thing right from the word go. But I always thought we were. And I. Uh, when I saw it at a screening, I felt that. Mm-hmm. And I instantly had a thousand questions about how you made it. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to start in and we'll see where it goes. When did you first, where were you when you were like, I think I should make a film about Jesus? Uh, I didn't, I, you know, I don't know exactly. I know I was in the house because I sat down and took a few notes. The idea was not a film about Jesus. I just had this idea about Jesus coming out of his 40 days in the desert and meeting a father and a son and getting involved in their problems and sort of their domestic kitchen sink drama. I didn't know what it was. I knew that the movie was not religious. I didn't quite know, you know, what was going on. But even after a couple days of thinking about it, you know, I saw enough threads, right? This is a father and a son whose problems draw in Jesus, 
who has, you know, a big father, and who he himself is the the uh, the most famous son ever, <laughs> arguably. So there were enough. There was enough. Sure. There sure. was enough. There were enough ingredients there that I knew where I could head. But I never thought I'm making a religious film. And then after a while, it did. I did give me pause. You know, you're going to make a movie about Jesus. Okay. Um, but I couldn't get it out of my head. I just, I just, you know, it just kept living. How long from that, I should do this, to you are typing a screenplay? I probably uh, thought about it for a few days and then took notes for, say, a week or so. And then I put it aside for a month. And then this is always my, my MO. And then I start writing, and I write about the first third. And then I get terribly stuck. And at that point, I say to myself, this always happens, but it's not going to happen this time. I'm going to plow right through, and it doesn't happen. <laughs> and I have to put it aside for months or sometimes years. And I did put it aside for two years, all the while thinking about it and taking notes and thinking about it and taking notes until, you know, I made a few discoveries, which were I needed a mother. And then I needed someone that Jesus could talk to who knew who Jesus was. Because this father, son, and mother who live in the desert, this is just another prophet stepping out of, the, mm -hmm. of. So once I saw those pieces, uh, I thought, okay, I have five people, and I, I, you know, I saw enough dynamics, and I went back and and then wrote it. Actually, very quickly, the rest of the draft in about three weeks. That is fantastic. And then were you like, oh well, he's Scottish. Uh, well, no, that's, that's many that's many curves down the road. But, you know, when you're writing this kind of movie, you are thinking, how am I going to do it? There was an idea where I could maybe thought I'll do it in Mexico in Spanish or I'll do it in Israel in Hebrew or in English or do it in Aramaic or, um, you know, you consider everything. Um, but that was still a, a, a time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At that point, the horizon was only I'll show it to Julie and Bonnie, my producers, and they will have a heart attack. And we'll go from there. <laughs> and when did you first, did you hear about it from like him calling you or having a meal or did you just see No, I, we, we met on holiday. We have, um, sorry, we're right I know. This is not noisy. <laughs> we have the loudest <laughs> chairs and the loudest, and the loudest street. street in the hemisphere. Hopefully that'll sound quite cool. <laughs> It'll sound urban and interesting. Um, we met on holiday because we have, uh, Emmanuel Lebetsky is our mutual friend. I mean, we're uh, friends now, RDP. Yeah. Um, and I knew Chivo, Emmanuel, uh, because our children go to the same school. And so we all ended up in Mexico on a Christmas holiday, on a Christmas vacation. And um, after that, I, go, I came back and then Julie and Bonnie got in touch with me and said, we've, you know, we, we're Rodrigo's producers and he, he's embarrassed to because he met you socially over Christmas and doesn't want to send you the script because he met you socially and he doesn't want to be the guy who says, oh, by the way, I've got a project. <laughs> but he did have a project. And, he, so and he you said didn't think of him. I had not because, you know, there's this thing that directors do is everything that is strong about the vision is also limiting. So I was thinking of actors who were 30, 31, 32 years old. Mm -hmm. Jesus in this story is around 30, is at the beginning of the ministry. So I was thinking, you know, and, and when I saw the lists, you know, Ewan was a little older. He was 41 or 42. So I didn't think of him. But then um, when we spent the time on holiday, 
you know, first of all, he looks young and he's a good actor. So those are two good starts. And then just the way he moved well, on holiday. It, it was, you it thought. Was, I, I helped yeah. with some wine and, <laughs> yes. and the bread yes. and some fish. So people started coming no, back from I the just, dead. I just, it was, he, I just, there was something about was him that holiday. was very, um, <laughs> you know, I, I can embarrass you since you're here. Okay, you know, okay. apart from being a very good actor, obviously. And, uh, you know, he has a lot of empathy. He just communicates interest in the other, you know, yes. and, and in, in, in things of the world. And, and um, you know, he, he just, he's interested in people, which, which not everybody is, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, so I, I truly came out thinking, well, well that, that could be great. But I, I couldn't bring myself to ruin the good memories of our holiday by being that guy. <laughs> but it was but luckily, of, the lady stepped in. But I can't remember who, because I know that there was, a, there was mention of... This wouldn't be something that I would want to do because it was a bit risky or... I can't remember where that came from, if it came from, from you or from, from them, you. No, from them. But that's like a red, red rag to a bull, you know, <laughs> uh, to an actor. Like, you won't want yes. to do this. And like, oh, really? Right. Oh, now, I'll this, be, even I'll this, this magazine that was placed here, right. with your name here in big letters, my name in little tiny letters up here, yeah. just to keep it all in proper perspective. But uh, it says he's taking a huge risk. I didn't But think I'm so. thinking... Has this person ever seen one of your movies? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that just seems from I the very beginning. I never thought it was because if I'd right the only the only risky thing would be to make a film that you didn't if there was something offensive about it or if Rodrigo had taken this the story in a way that would offend people or then you could say okay that's risky but and then maybe you wouldn't want to be part of that. Yes, but I never ever felt like that, and nor did I know. I mean, the other thing is I didn't know who the script was about. I, he didn't tell me, and nor did you. So I, I was sent the script. I said, look, I would really enjoy meeting Rodrigo. And I like him very much. So why don't you send it to me? I'll read it. And I, I started reading the script, which was, which was 60 pages long. Scripts are yes, usually like 120 right. pages or something. 60 pages or 62 pages or something. And I, so initially I thought, oh, it, maybe it's a short film. I, they didn't mention that. And then I started reading it, and the first, I'd say the first three or four pages were entirely just descriptive about a man walking in the desert. And it doesn't say who he is, and it doesn't say where the desert is, or when the desert and the man are. It's just a description, and beautifully written, if you don't mind me saying so, of uh, poetic, almost visually poetic, about this yes. man sleeping yes. in the cold, shivering, yes. or baking in the sun and trying to find shade, or getting his hair caught in a bush, or whatever it was. And I was intrigued. I thought, who is this? This is beautiful. It's not like anything I've ever read before. And then, it's slightly different in our movie, but the draft I read, he sees a man walking towards him way, way off in the distance. And as he gets, this man gets closer and closer, he sees that it's him. He recognizes that it's himself. And I'm thinking, what's going on now? Who? I was thinking, oh, it's a, it's like a, it's like a fantasy movie. It's like Never Ending Story or something like that in the desert. And then I turned the page, and there was the first line of dialogue from this other chap, and it said Lucifer. And I thought, oh, now I know, now I know who now we're talking I've... about, you know. And uh, and I was totally in by then, just totally. Because when I was watching it, there are scenes where I thought, what was the direction in the screenplay for this scene? Like, there's one where you're sort of under a brush, yeah. and you're sort of laughing. Was yeah. that under a brush? Well, it like, what did it, you it, get it, to, it to do that? Described, it's described that he laughs and laughs and then screams to the heavens. There was, a, like, this, commun this frustration. We had, to, we had to 
establish his this frustration with yeah. his dad that he's coming out of the desert not having found the answers that right. he wanted. I was because hoping for the magic bullet and I didn't get it, and now I'm supposed to go do this thing, and I don't really have any. What was the thing I was supposed to get right. in the desert? Right. I always, I always thought when I was writing it that he'd gotten a lot, but not, you know, not a hundred percent. Yeah. That there was, you know, the desert. Of course, being in the desert, you know, is such a special place. You really feel like you're on, and you're on a planet now. And it connects you to the stars and to the to the universe and to the and to the oneness. Um, in that sense, it's very special. It's also completely ruthless and deaf, mute, and blind, and it can kill you in hours. Yeah. Um, but I thought he'd come out of there having learned a lot, but not completely ready um, for the mission. Um, but then again, whoever feels ready for the mission, you know, I think maybe he was ready but felt insecure. Yeah, I don't know. But I love, I love. He's interacting with the family, and he's like trying to like help. Mm-hmm. And you can tell, like, it's like, man, this is awkward. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I love to help. What should I say? Yes. Oh, I just said that, but I don't think that helped. Yeah, it's so good. I like that too. I like that human side of of because we were. I was reminded, but playing it that he was he was a young rabbi. He was a young holy man yeah and um it was interesting to see him not sure of himself like there's that scene you described where he gives the mother a piece of advice and then afterwards goes god that wasn't very that wasn't very good right. i must find better words right. i thought that was brilliant you know there there must be moments like that and to think yes. of jesus having those moments because we just assume that jesus was well i don't know above above those human yeah insecurities or something so I thought that was quite interesting to play with those you know you can only how you have to look at the human side yes you know how yeah. do you how do you dramatize the divine you know right. we all feel very comfortable and cozy and protected you know uh, to see uh, you know to hear Morgan Freeman's voice as God but, but <laughs> you know but all of that is not really you know that's just that's just something that makes everyone feel good yeah but the divine really I couldn't dramatize it. So you end up just treating the yeah. human. And like with all writing or with all acting, you have to ask yourself, how is he like me? How am I like him? Yeah. How am I like her? You know, if, she, if I am her, what am I like? So you, you have to ask yourself insane questions. Like if I was Jesus, what? Mm-hmm. It's so good. Not Jesus, the God, but Jesus, the human. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, detail questions. The Lucifer character, he like wears a ring. He has like just a couple of things mm-hmm. that like you like pop on the screen. Now I'm always like I watch it and wonder how much did you discuss what he should like what were the little things because they're huge set against the backdrop yeah. of sand everywhere. Well, we but, wanted them because we had to because I was going to play them both, uh-huh. and we felt like it was important. Uh, we discussed like wearing the same clothing but in different colors or yeah but then in fact i forgot about that. i remember yeah. we were talking about that and what would what would the colors be or and in actual fact it was important that he was just the same and then so that even the head maybe and we we talked about his yeshua's headdress and then maybe the demon wouldn't be having a headdress and we did have very subtle differences in the headdress yes. but the, the the genius i think you that, that you came up with was the idea of a little jewelry just to show his vanity, 
and yes. um, that was we had an earring and yes. we had a couple of rings and a bangle and, the, and, the and something around the something around the neck and, yeah. Yeah. and it was like just enough I it think just yeah. I think the idea for me was that he would say okay I'll dress like you but I, I gotta wear my bling I gotta have a little steam I can't I gotta be, have a little I can't steeze be here. as I'm cool as you <laughs> I mean the exercise is clear I'm going to appear in your face you know appear as you because that is a great weapon but I you know I can't I can't be Give me a little flourish. I can't be dressed in this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, it looks in what you're wearing in the film, like you've been wearing it. You shot for five weeks. Like, very practical question. At the end of the day, did you go home and shower up and put on sweatpants and go bowling? Or yeah. you stay in that outfit? No, we had to. We had to. For it was so, what, what would happen is we would, because we wanted the, the light was so important. So we always wanted to be out there when the sun was coming up. Yeah. Well, most days. So we would be out there really, really early. So we would sort. We all stayed in this funky little hotel down in Anza Borrego Desert where we were shooting, and we would sort of roll out of our rooms into the makeup and hair room, which had big plastic sheets all over the floor because most of it involved standing there just being caked with dirt <laughs> and mud and and scrapes and and then you go into the hair room which was lined with plastic because then. You just have dirt put in your hair and we all had extensions and long hair and um and at the end of the day when we came and, and we put we would change there and we would walk out luckily you know under the cover of darkness because it must have looked quite funny i was walking out of the <laughs> right, hotel right, right, right. into our suv to drive into the desert and then we would pile out of the desert uh, out of the car in the desert and walk to our set and then um, we'd be there all day long and it was very beautiful and peaceful and there was no cell signal so it was tranquil and quiet and we and, and it was really helpful for the work i think because in between takes or setups we would just be in the desert you know yeah. there was nothing and we'd chat and talk and things you, but there was no distraction you could walk 50 feet turn your back to the set and you could be desert. anywhere yeah you're really which is why all the great mystics and pilgrims for thousands here's, of years here's, go a nice little, here's a nice little piece of trivia you were talking about the wardrobe and the wardrobe you know it's made dirty they they make it dirty but you you think you'd have to wash it over the weeks because the actors can't wear clothes that have not been washed for weeks, but they can't wash them because they lose their thing. Sure. So they clean it with with alcohol. They clean them with, with vodka. Mm. So as so that they disinfect the wardrobe <laughs> and they take off foul smells, but it's still a ratty piece of wardrobe. And they then you spray would, it. They, they, they have they a mister, it, right? like a, they spray it like a plant. Yeah. And then each vodka. morning you would get caked again. And then every morning, and so when we get back at night, you had to you had to get that off you. You know, there was so much dirt and filth. Yeah. And just for your sanity, you had to. So yeah. we would all we would all get all of that garb off, pile back into our rooms, shower, and then go to bed, and then get up and go through the whole Do thing it again. again. Yeah. For but five we shot weeks. Five weeks, five day weeks, and we were close enough to. LA, where I'd come home every weekend, see my kids and my wife, and then go back. And then go back to being Jesus. ready for the next. Yeah, <laughs> but it was beautiful. It was a beautiful experience, and we had such a small crew that we were we had great freedom. And um, you know, literally, we'd be driving that first. The first week, we did a lot of the stuff where I'm on alone or with the boy Ty. The, some of the stuff away from our what became our set, and we would be driving. We'd literally have like four cars and a truck. Because we didn't have any lights question. or anything. And we'd be driving there, and suddenly the front, because Rodrigo and, and Emmanuel and our first assistant would all be in the front car, and they'd see a bit of light over there, that Chivo light, and they'd be like, stop. We'd just stop, and we'd all run over there and shoot something 
in that beautiful piece of light. And we had the freedom to do that. We're on a much bigger film with a huge unit base and stuff. You'd never be able to do that. That was my question as I was watching the film thinking this was either made by like a guerrilla crew or this was made by like a thousand people. No, I mean, it was a fairly small crew. Um, you know, we, early on, we spoke to Chivo, you know, that if, if we, even if we had the money to carry a whole bunch of electrical equipment and grip equipment, just mobilizing that stuff across the desert would have taken us forever. Yeah. Just the time yeah. and the manpower, the cost, and and the just the drag. It's like, who wants to wait five hours for some for you know, 12K yeah. to arrive? So we decided that we would plan it all, you know, pick all of our um, sets carefully and decide what time we were shooting. And this shot in the afternoon, this shot in the morning, this shot at this hour. So it was shot with, it was photographed with, you know, the movie was done with quite a bit of discipline. I mean, apart from these moments that you and us talking about where something looked good and we got it, it was mostly very carefully planned, you know, and, and, uh, and stuck to the plan mostly. Um, but we literally had nothing. I mean, just the camera and, and the steady cam operator. But no, like, you know, very often in movies, you, you carry these white boards that you use to bounce light into actors' faces. We didn't even have that. Not a thing. It was really point and shoot. Did you ever have moments where you're driving along and he stops it and you hop out and you shoot a scene? Because you've both been on, like, giant productions and you're like... This is awesome. This is, I felt like that every day. Yeah. Did you really? This is awesome, yeah. I mean, when there's, we, we would, because you, like uh, Rodrigo says, they found these amazing locations that were quite, and the, the, how many square miles? Like 100 square miles of desert we've shot in. Oh, and yeah. And was yeah. huge. But they'd found, like, really unique parts of it all over the place. And there was this one wonderful one where we were coming down through this little gully, really narrow, like a corridor. And then um, every day it felt like that. I'm putting those clothes on and then um, playing Jesus. It was amazing. <laughs> and amazing. playing Jesus. Yeah. By the way. By the way. It's so great. Thank you so much. Um, everybody, you. all listeners of Robcast, go see this film. It's fantastic. And go with your friends and then have a big meal afterwards and talk about it. Because I, I would like couldn't shake it for days in the best sense. Because I think you've done something. The humanity is where it's at. Mm. So fantastic. So thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you for you this film. Much. It's great. Great. Thank you very much. Grace and peace, everyone. Lovely. <laughs>